0: Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, praise God, praise God. Are y'all ready for the Word this morning? Y'all ready for healing this morning? Receive your miracle this morning. Praise God, praise God. Well, you may be seated. You may be seated. Praise God. I like flowing in the Holy Ghost. Whatever he got going, that's fine with me. I don't care. I'll do whatever. Like Pastor Johnny says, man, I'll lay hands on anybody for anything. I don't care. I just, don't matter to me. Did y'all bring your Bibles today? Praise God. Praise God. Um, You know, I I always thought, you know, when I was young, I thought, man, I'm going to be a prosperity preacher. (laughs) I thought, man, you know, I'd go to these churches and stuff and, you know, you, you could tell they're struggling financially. And I thought, man, I don't want these people to be like that, you know? And uh, I thought, man, I'm going to be a prosperity preacher. And uh, I've kind of turned into being uh, a healing preacher now. I thought, man, I'll take that too. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, man, I really, I really, uh," and the the Lord said, "Uh, the greatest prosperity that you can have is healing. And I said, that's right. Because money's not worth much when you're sick. Is that right? It's, it's, we, we've seen multi-millionaires laid up in hospitals, got all this money, but is going to hospital. And they're not enjoying it. So uh, we know that healing is important. Man, the last many, many years, that's all I preached about. Just God put it on top of my heart, you know. And uh, one thing about this ministry, our vision for this ministry, and when you're connected with this ministry, part of it, uh, we preach the word on healing. Uh, Our broadcast is Jesus the healer. My dad saw himself hanging off of a satellite with his Bible declaring that Jesus is the healer. And we've continued to do that. So when you give to this ministry and a part of that, you're you're making that possible. You're making that word possible. Uh, We know today that um, we can look around and see people are really sick. Y'all been doing urgent care? I mean, they fool. They fool. They are making a brand new hospital here seven stories tall for for people that are sick. With all the modern medicines, it really doesn't seem to help. It doesn't really seem to help at all. So what hope do they have? They have the Word of God, and it's our job to proclaim the Word of God. We see many times, we see Christians and Muslims and they'll come and try to dictate who's, who's better, yeah. what their word is. Yeah. And they go back and forth and bicker and fight. But one thing they can never refuse is healing power. Right. They can't fight with that. No. So when you put that in front of them, what, what are you gonna argue? Yeah. You can't. And that's what Jesus did and has showed us to do and he says, it will be proven with signs, wonders, and miracles. And so that's why we don't argue with that stuff and get involved and try to say this is better or that's better. But we just show you the proof in the pudding. How about that? How about it? Well, recently, you know, I've been meditating on people getting healed. Along with myself, you know, I thought, Lord, you have to show me um, some things about Healing more. I, I, I need to know some 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 things about healing. I I, I want to know more about it, because people come up in these healing lines, and they're not getting healed. And then they come back again in the same healing line. I'm 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 not putting that down, but I'm saying how come they're not walking away with what they're after. And I was out working just like I always am. I'm either in a shower or, or working, and God's talking to me, and I'm, but. Eh, and I'm meditating on these things and I said, Lord, you got to show me what is it that, that we're do, doing wrong, you know, because I'm a firm believer uh, when hands are laid on you, whether you felt nothing or not, you're healed. And I know people, they, they, they get kind of confused when something else is called in their body and they think, well, I'll go up there for that. And I don't have a problem with that. But there's been churches I've gone to for the last over 10 years and the same people in the same healing line. I'm not against it, but they're there. Is it true? I think we've all done it. I'm not against it. But why are we back up there? What's going on? Obviously, we didn't receive. Y'all got your pen or something to write something down? This is what the Lord said to me. He said, I'm not gonna say a long sentence, just short. He said, they're not married their miracles. That's all he said to me. And I said, okay, let me think about that for a minute. Now we know marriage is something that we come to in a covenant and that covenant is something that we come together and it shall not be broken under any hardship, you know, for better, worse, richer or poorer, you know, health, sickness, whatever. Is that true? Now, many times, women, y'all love a good wedding, right? Women love a good wedding. Uh, Some of you women still got your wedding dresses. What you going to do with it? It's just because it was a precious time to you that may not ever be done again. I mean, you may do it again, you know, may use that dress, may not. But men, we go to the, the rental shop and get our tuxes from Joseph A. Banks. It ain't about that. It's about after the wedding. But women, it's about before the wedding. Miss Janine, I'm sure maybe you still have your wedding dress. You still got it? You still, what if, you don't even remember what you wore probably. You probably had something. Oh, actually, you, you a suit guy. You probably do have it. Man, I don't even got mine. I gave mine away. I don't care about none of that. But when, I, I know my wife. She still has it. Because it was a moment in time that was a monumental moment. It was precious. And we keep that as a keepsake based on that covenant. How many of y'all had children? I mean, we all remember maybe uh, when your child was born. Uh, Men mostly remember when you was making the child. (laughs) Women remember when you were giving birth. Amen. Oh, y'all, you can't say that in church. Yeah, you can. You can talk about the birds and bees in church. There's no better place than to learn birds and the bees. And so we, so we know that um, there is a covenant cut at that moment. And that moment becomes unforgettable. But after, let's say, let's imagine. I'm not saying no one is, but if you've been married 30 times. I'm not saying you have but it starts to lose its vision, and you don't remember who you married where. Well, you know, I think I'm married so and so here, and it starts to lose, and we see people after they get married, they're not satisfied because that aroma, that excitement has now dwindled, and life has now settled in. Is that true? And that's what happens, they like the initial, but it's not carried through when the rubber meets the road. Is that true, Brother I? And that's what, he, that's what the Lord was saying to me. He said, because when their hands, the Bible says, when hands are laid on you, they shall be healed. Therefore, that's it. Okay, so we have that. But what do you feel like when you feel sick? What do you feel, is the covenant Broken? because you felt like that. How many times have you been married and you felt like being unmarried that day because your spouse was driving you crazy? I I speak for myself. There has been times I thought I would not be hurt if I dropped her off on the side of the road today. It would not hurt my feelings. It would not hurt my feelings at all. And I'm sure she thought I could put a little bit of poison in his food and it'd be all right. I am not the only person in here that thinks that. Would not hurt my feelings if you just raptured somewhere. Besides here. I mean, we've gotten some heated debates, but my covenant still remains. I know Pastor Debbie said she jumped on the back of Pastor Johnny. I mean, that didn't feel like marriage then, boy, she's gonna wreck his clock, man. But that covenant still remains. Whether you felt like it or not. Brother Ike is here. I guess his wife is in another country. On the other side of the world. And your covenant is still connected. Even though you can't see her. You can't feel her. It still remains. It still remains. And so the one of the meanings of of marriages, leaving and cleaving, referring to leaving your old family, unite to form and attach to your new partner to form a new family. Now, if we say, I'm leaving my old way of being sick behind and I'm forming an attachment to healing and I'm cleaving to that no no matter the way I feel. And we know most women Remember the date, I say date, and time they were married. My wife knows it. I don't know the exact date. I forget. I have to check my deal. But I know it was like around 1130 in the afternoon. I remember where it was. It was at uh, High Springs Impact Church. They wrangle snakes there. They they play with snakes there, you you know. You know how they play with snakes? No, I'm just playing. Pastor Anderson, they... That's what they do. They tempt the Lord with them snakes. <laughs> Morgan, the reason I said Morgan said their church was rumored to play with snakes, you know. And they, So, anyway. But there was a time I remember I got married. I remember the location. I remember the suit I was wearing. If I asked you, what did you eat a year ago on February 23rd? You ain't going to remember that. Because it didn't have any value to it. But we have monumental times in our life that we have to bring to remembrance. And there's times that I don't want to think about my wife or she made me mad, but that doesn't sever my covenant. Amen. So one thing we know is when we come up in a healing line, there has to be a connection that we're about to make that if we leave and still feel the same thing, it doesn't matter because I'm cutting a covenant with Jesus and he said that I was healed, therefore I am. Whether I feel healed or not, I receive my healing now. I receive it now, no matter what I feel like. Because most of the times if I don't feel healed, then I'm probably not healed. Is that true? And I went up in the healing line but I'm still not better, so I'm going to try again. And we see that in marriage today when they don't feel that excitement and that aroma and that romance, then I need to retry. You're not for me. And that's what people are doing with healing. They're not coveting the touching of hand to say, I'm healed. That was it. You have got your Bible? Are y'all being helped today? My daughter came in the back and she said, are you gonna preach funny today? I said, I can do that. I can <laughs> preach funny today. I could do that for you, honey. Let's go to uh, John 4, uh, 46. John 4. 46. And we know here this is, we all know this story. So so Jesus came again to Galilee where he had made water. Let's go down to verse uh, 47. And when he heard that Jesus had come out of Judah into Galilee, he went to him and employed him, to uh, come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death. And Jesus said, unless your people see, now let's go down to 49. The nobleman said, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go your way, your son lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the man, what did he do? What did he do? He it's not a trick question. What did he do? He believed. He believed, he believed the words that Jesus spoke. Did he fall out under the power of God? No. How about warm honey come over his head? His son's dying at home, but he has to take the words that were given to him and cut a covenant on that word and say, I believe those words which he said. And he said, so he came with one intention. The intention is, if I can get Jesus to come, then my child will be whole. What happened? Jesus said, I'm not coming. So he's got to instantly switch his faith line and say, but Jesus said, then I'll speak the word. I can do that. So instead of you thinking, well, if I don't get healed when I'm up there, then I must've not got healed. That's not true. And then, so the man believed the words that he spoke and what did he do? He went his way. Now this man's walking. We all drive cars, but this man's walking. With the, with the uncertainty that his child is living. Yeah. He doesn't know if he's dead or not. Yeah. Yeah. But he has to live off of, while he's walking back, he's probably has a backpack, sandals on, and maybe, uh, last time I checked, this is about a 20-mile uh, walk here. Well, if you walk in that, that takes a little bit of time. What thoughts you think are through his head after he's left the prophet of God? He's away from Jesus now. That anointing has left him. He's all on the road by himself. He ain't feeling nothing, y'all. Just bombarding thoughts on his mind. And he says, no, I believe. Because he said, go my way. Your son lives. With un- he never got a confirmation. Just faith. Just faith. Just faith. And he went his way unknowing. Brother and sister, I'm telling you, when hands are laid on you, whether you feel something or not, at that moment, that date, that time, you write it down. Because when you lose that vigor and you lose the connection of that moment, you no longer, it's easy for you to fall out of faith. And when you fall out of faith, your miracle slips away. Because there's no connection to a point and place in time. That's why Jesus said to lay hands on them because it's a point of contact. the point of contact. And people that are watching today, you can write it down. Even though we're not there, you can lay hands on yourself and receive healing. Healing is coming to you right now because you're hearing faith this morning. Amen. Are y'all being helped? So we know there has to be a connection. I was thinking about this last night. I was laying in bed and laughing. And boy, I was, I, I was you know. Um, when growing up, my mom, ah uh, oh shoot. People enjoy it, Nanny, people enjoy it. The first child is always an experiment child. Any first children in here, you know. I mean, your mom and dad tried everything out on you. And the rest of the children was raised by their friends. You know, that's just how it is. And um, I was thinking about this last night, because I was thinking about monumental times in my life. What is some of the the turning points in my life? And my mom, she had an idea to read How to Train a Child the Amish Way. The Amish way. I don't know what that is, but I knew I was in trouble. I knew things were about to get real bad for me. Usually, you know, when my mom was upset, I mean she's escalated, and that was the normal tone I got. Which was fine. I tell with my kids that way. But she was reading this book, and I'm, you know, I'm playing in my room and she called me, Stephen, come here. And so I, I, I come up and I see she got this book in her lap. I remember it's black with gold letter. I mean, I don't remember, I don't forget that book, bro. That book is from the devil. This book is bad deal. How to Raise a Child to Amish Way. And, and I thought, boy, what's going on in here? Why is she not screaming at me? What's going on? Man, something weird going on. And I go, I, 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 Yeah, I know. I'm not, that, that's why it was weird I wasn't getting screamed at. I was like, boy, this is real weird. And, um. She, she, she put that book down, you know, and really refined, you know. She said, Stephen, uh, the way you've been acting is not acceptable. So, uh, you're going to get dealt with. And those friends you've been hanging out with at church, you're done. I thought, what? And I'm starting to cry by now. Why aren't you screaming at me? Why, why aren't you screaming at me? She been reading that book. I ain't gotta lift my voice. I can talk normal without, you know. And then she said, Ann, go upstairs, and I'm gonna deal with you." I thought, "Oh my God, what's going on? What, what is going on here? Why, why is this happening to me?" And, boy, she. Oh my God! Why do I remember this? I mean, I, it's it's a monumental moment in my life. And she, I mean, she went upstairs and cleaned my clock, man. I thought, what's going on here? Why is she so nice right now, but mean? Thought this is the wildest thing I've ever seen. And I made a vow, I'm gonna burn that book. It is is far better for that book to depart than it stay, boy. It's far better. It is worth that book to disappear because I can't live with this. This is wild, man. You never know what you're gonna get. I remember, what? (laughs) I mean I was probably ten years old all and uh, huh? yeah, it's fine. It, it's all right. And I remember we used to have at the other church, we had a minor aisle. Oh. And man, I, I mean I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Hey you no, know, just go, I go to the bathroom. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm walking out and she goes, Where are you going? <laughs> In the middle of service. 10 years, I'm mortified. Yeah, we're I'm, doing it every time. I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> And she, I mean, and I get mad through I'm just proud of her, oh my gosh, she just embarrassed me so bad. I hate this place. I don't like being here. I don't like this church. I'm tired of this church. No, no. It is funny because you, you you remember those monumental moments. I was just thinking about those things. And then my brother, he can ride a scooter out of, the, out of the sanctuary, eating Twizzlers, and hit the door on the way out, and it ain't no problem. It, it's all good. Thinking, what's going on here? I got the Amish, I got chewed out, I can't go to the bathroom, it ain't worth it. And then my brother comes along, he's like, la 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 la, right out the door. It's just, you know, (laughs) I mean, that's just how it is when you're raised in a church, man, raised in a church. I mean, I went through all the programs, I mean, cleaning programs, everything, boy, I was in it, but you know, I turned out all right. It's, It's just been a blessing. So I thought, man, it's wild, it's wild. It's good times, good times. Anyways, I'm gonna get back to my sermon. I, I, told, I told my daughter, I said, I can make it funny for you. So, there you go. Bear, you better be blessed I don't do that Amish stuff on you, kid. Good morning, Bear. Uh, get in my bedroom, I'm gonna clean your clock. Y'all remember that Amish book, some from the '90s? Come on now, let me hear you. You remember that Amish book? Boy, that book's from the devil, man. That's some witchcraft in that thing. That ain't no fun. Amen. All right. I'll I'll get y'all back now. So you have to be married to your miracle. And uh, Mark 10:9, you don't. Have to go there. But it says, therefore, that God has joined together, let no one separate. He's talking about marriage here. Don't let anybody separate it. Don't let anything come between this union. And this union of healing cannot be separated. Because the devil wants nothing more than to strip you of your miracle. Being, Being healed is a miracle. It is something that the body cannot produce itself and cannot be gotten in this world. So what did Jesus do? He said, I have healed you. And I have taken sickness away from you. Yes. Jesus was, it, the Bible said he was moved with compassion. Yes, was. He was moved with so much compassion, he tried to lay hands on everybody. Yeah. And I, someone pointed this out, I never thought of it. I bet there was times when there was just so many people, he just had to get away. Yeah. Just had to leave people unhealed because he couldn't get them all healed. He just got to go. You know, there's always people. They said just people are at him all the time. Right. But he was moved with compassion. And I know that God has put that on this ministry that we have a compassion for people that are going through that. It's a miserable thing to go through. There's been people, let's take Dad Hagen for example. Dad Hagen has a testimony that we all know, right? We all know that this man was born premature and the short of it is this man was on a bed and he said that he would grab those head posts. But at that moment, he was becoming married to his miracle because that was that place of contact where the rest of his life, he said those symptoms tried to come back, but he had remembrance of where he came from. But if he lost the vision of where he came from, he would lose his miracle. But he remembered when he grabbed those those posts and was rubbing the varnish off. And when he tried to get up and would fall on the floor because he was so weak, but he declared something that didn't exist into existence, a young man. And what he did is that moment in time was forever frozen in his spirit because it was a point of connection that he made that that moment was now a place of redemption in his life. For anything that came up against him, he referred back to that time that he told him, thou art healed. Is that true? What about Lester Summerall? Lester Summerall was dying of, I believe it was tuberculosis. He was laying on a bed, and the Lord showed him the Bible on one side and what on the other? A coffin on the other. And it was forever ingrained in his vision about what God had done for him and it transformed his life, and everybody, uh, many people around the world were touched because of a moment in time that he didn't let go of. Many times we're not married to the miracle that God has provided, and the time that we got hands laid on us, we dismiss it as non-valuable to try again because we didn't get the result we wanted. When I got married, we had more problems than you could throw at. I mean, we bickered like dogs and cats. But that didn't dismiss my covenant I made with my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because it looks like it's not gonna work out and feel it like it's not gonna work out, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It matters about where back did you make the connection. Amen. Yeah. I'm not dating my wife, I can't just break up with her. Right. <laughs> Healing is not a one-night stand. Just because it didn't work out and you didn't feel the way you needed to feel, let's try again. And what you do, you develop this mental feeling when it was never about that. That man had to leave Jesus with no feeling but an expectation that he is healed. So I'm telling you, whether it be cancer, whether it be brain problems, stomach problems, back problems, you are healed. Tonight there will be healing that is given out, hands laid on, that's what he said to do. I encourage everybody in here that you write down and put to remembrance, that was my time, that I was healed, that's it. So anytime you feel that way, you just say, no, I was healed. Back at that point, back at that time, on that day, and I was wearing these clothes, Because you have to have something to ground to. And if you don't have anything to ground to, then you can't proclaim your miracle. Amen. Are y'all being blessed today? We know that Oral Roberts had the same problem. I think he was tuberculosis too. Almost killed him, but he had a, a moment of remembrance that changed the world forever change the outcome of people's lives around the world because he never lost that moment that God healed him. One thing I want to see people do is walk away with their miracle. One thing, the Lord told told me this, or he showed me this, excuse me. One thing that healing does is it puts you to work. You say, Uh what do you mean by that? Let's take... Uh, the man at the pool of Bethesda, he had been crippled, what, 30-something years? Jesus heals him. The next day, what do you think he's got to do? He's got to go get a job. Think about that. Lazarus, he's dead. He comes out of the grave. That night, I'm sure they're all having a good time, and the girls go, hey, guess what? Tomorrow you're going to go back to work. We don't ever talk about that after healing, do we? Healing puts you to work. work. Amen. 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 The woman with the issue of blood, she can go back into the workforce. Some people don't want to work. So therefore, they disqualify themselves for healing. You can go to, to, to Proverbs. You can go all through that, boy. He says, get to, yeah, get to work. Put your hand at something. Yeah. Healing puts you to work. You can write that down if you want. If not, forget it. Don't matter to me. So it's important that we honor that location. And sometimes we can just come up and act like it's another healing line. And I've been guilty of it myself. But I realize why? something's wrong here. Something's not correct. So we have to put such a value on that place. There's, there was a time that we, we were back here and Brother Hagin laid his hands on me. I didn't feel anything, but I remember that time. It was so precious to me. When I was a child, Lessa Summerall laid his hands on me. That's precious to me. I don't re- really remember it too much. I remember seeing pictures, but I realized that's an honor to have it and I value that place, you know, And so it's important that we have that. Are y'all being helped today? Are y'all being blessed? Let's go to Matthew 8.5. I'm almost done. Matthew 8.5. I'm going to say this, healing, write this down if you take notes, healing has to be honored. Healing is a precious gift that God has given you, and it has to be honored. Amen. If someone gave me a precious gift, I I place it in a very secure location. I cherish it. It's precious to me. And healing can become something we believe is owed to us. You know That's That's not being mean good. but it can become well I'm a Christian, I'm a tired uh, you know but it's a precious thing now you now one thing about pursuing healing is I believe you pursue it aggressively Amen. healing should be pursued aggressively because it belongs to us right. but I honor that God has made that available for me yes. that I can walk for the rest of my life in complete health yes. but I chase it aggressively. I, I, I don't pigeon-toe around it because he gave it to me. I cherish it, but I possess it hardly. So anytime you come after healing, many times we, we, we believe, I know y'all probably been there too, but that maybe you don't deserve to be healed. We've all maybe felt a little bit of that. We, we can tell other people about it, and we believe they should have it, but we dismiss ourselves. I've been guilty of it myself. I thought, man, maybe I don't, you know, and I think these thoughts, and I thought, no, that ain't right. But I'm not aggressive to myself as I am with you, and that ain't right. And I thought, I need to be aggressive with myself because I'm not going to put up with that. Amen. Amen. So healing has to be honored. What about treating your body right? Not doing the things you've been doing. When you take something precious, you put it in a a secure location. Healing is in your body and it should be cared for. Right. And you care for it by taking care of your body. Good work. Good work. Whether eating right, exercising, yep. it says that your body's a temple. Yep. And so when, when God has given me something, I honor it. If someone gives me something, uh, I value that. Brother Jesse, he bought me a cuckoo clock. That's so cool. I mean, think about that. Brother Jesse bought, bought, bought me a cuckoo clock. And we put it in the front of our home where I can see it every day because I, I value that. Because that man bought that for me. He didn't got to do that. But it's valuable to me. And I'm grateful for every time I see it that that man would do that for me. But healing has to be treated the same way. I received that healing. And I accept it in my life. And I honor it. It's a blessing to be healed. Are y'all there? Okay. Okay. And now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Now think about this. This is reverse of the last man we talked about. Think about that. The other man, he said, I ain't coming. But his, he said, I'm coming. And the man says, don't come. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you shall come under my word, but what? Speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. He knew they're about to cut a covenant to say, You say that word, and it's done. It's done. And that's where, when you become before a preacher, and me and my wife were holding hands and we set our vows, we cut that thing that we can no longer be separated under any circumstance besides death. Yeah, that's right. No matter if I feel like being married to her or not, whether she takes me off or makes me mad, it still belongs. Whether I feel like it or not, it belongs to me. She belongs to me. That's the covenant we cut. And healing belongs to every one of you. And you have to make a place in your life to prepare yourself to say, <clears throat> Tonight, I'm talking about today. Tonight, yeah. when hands are laid on me, yeah. I will be healed. Yeah. Maybe you won't feel any physical feeling of it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you feel like. Right. Because we now, because he said, lay hands on the sick. And what? Yeah. They shall. Yeah. Did he say maybe? No. They, shall they shall be healed. Yeah. But it takes you and me that are receiving yeah. to say this night is the night yeah. it was done. Wow. Yes. Amen. 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 And this man said to him, he said, you shall come under my roof and speak the word only, and my servant shall be heard. For also I am a man under authority. This man knew a location. He understood the value of a place and time when things were told having soldiers under me, I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another comes, and he comes, and my servant doeth this, and he does it. And Jesus heard it, and he marveled and said, those who follow, assuredly I say unto you, I have not found such great faith, no, not in Israel. Verse 13, and Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, and as you have believed, be it done unto you. Now we know this man was written in the, word of God for all time because he made a covenant with what was about to happen, and he didn't let it slip for him, but he honored that place, and he cut it, and therefore his servant was healed and written in this book for all time. So it is important that we receive that same thing for us. Are y'all being helped today? We know that there was a place... We know that it takes aggression and healing to get it. You can't step around healing. You have to receive it. Joshua, they were going to a new land, and they said, man, that place is filled with giants, but man, it's flowing with milk and honey. And he said, let us go possess it. At once, at when, at once. Because it takes an aggression to get into that flow. It takes some aggression to not give up on the miracle in the moment that you set your line to. And that moment he said, let us go possess it at once. That moment he would never forget because he was now saying something that would change the face of their people forever. And so it's important, and we know The fig tree became a place where it was a monumental location. He cursed it, nothing happened. uh Nothing happened. They didn't feel no anointing, but they came back a couple days later and that thing was shriveled up. But they never forgot that tree because there was a place and time. You know? I remember when my children were born. I mean, I do, I remember being in that hospital gown I remember because it was a monumental moment in my life. I remember the day my dad passed away, how crazy that was. I remember it because it was a monumental day in my life. And what I'm telling you that God told me, you have to make that healing with that moment it touches, that that's a monumental day for you. It's a monumental moment that you can go back to when you're in the middle of the night and that thing's trying to get back on you. You say, no, I was healed on January 10th on 2024 at X time of the day because I received it then. You have to treat it like that. And if you dismiss that, then you'll lose it because you don't feel that way. You don't feel healed. There's times I don't feel healed at all. I feel like the devil. the more I prayed, the worse I got. But that's not what the word of God tells me. It says you are healed. You are healed. And sometimes it takes some pacing around, walking around to get up, you know. There's times when you need to get out of bed and declare some things and declare things and say, I'm not staying in this place, I'm getting up. Man, if I was in a wheelchair, I'm getting out of this thing. Make yourself uncomfortable. Sickness requires comfort. Sickness requires compliancy. You ever uh, take the skin off the back of your heel, wearing new shoes or something? Boy, blister up. All of a sudden, you learn how to not agitate that right. real quick. Right. You all cut yourself. All, all of a sudden, you learn how to put your socks on with your pinkies. You know, I mean, you're like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> boy, you instantly start transforming sure. to sickness, sure. to that deal. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to bring something back to remembrance yes, when it yes. tries to get back on And in the midst of that, in the middle of the night, whatever it may be, we're all sitting here. We're doing pretty good, y'all here. But there's people that may be watching. And there's people that are coming to this ministry that there's gonna be beds rolled in. And they gotta have that moment in time where we know that Brother uh, Copeland and Brother Richard Tell about oil Roberts would get up on them beds with people full of cancer. And he said he jumped on top of a person a lady and that lady spit out a cancerous tumor on the floor. He said it looked like a jellyfish. That was a place that Brother Copeland remembered and it transformed his life because he saw that and it put something in him to to be the man that he is today and all of us can never lose those places. And you say, well, I've never seen the things that I wanna see. I haven't seen the things I wanna see either. I was raised in the church. We talked about miracles, we talked about this stuff, but I haven't seen the things I've wanted to see. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. That means we keep knocking on the door. There's a door of miracles that we need to knock on that we have to desire these things to say, we believe it, we desire it. I wanna see it, I wanna see it. We, we can all say, uh, let's take the Redwoods. Some of y'all seen the Redwoods. I've not seen it. You know why? Because I haven't desired it that much. If I did, I would already saw <laughs> Because people have lost the vigor. They, they've lost the vision of signs, wonders, and miracles. That's why they're not seeing it. But it's the people. There's people. I mean, my kids, when they want to go to Disney, my God, man, they do anything to get there. They hit your ride if they got to get there. They are going to get to see what they want to see. These kids love that thing, and they go all the time. But if they didn't have a desire, I ain't going to take them. It's not important to them. And as this church, I know for this church, we desire signs, wonders, and miracles. How about arms growing out? Yeah. Legs growing out? You say, okay, next one. How about people coming back from the dead yeah. that need to come back from the dead? Some of them don't need to come back. Amen. Some of them don't need to come back, but some of them, I believe the Lord put this in my heart. Let's do this. Uh, p- kids with with Down syndrome. I believe it. Well, they say they're missing something. That's all right. God can fix that. We receive that. I desire those things. I desire to see those things where where you know how all their faces kind of look the same and that face just transformed. Jesus Jesus was praying over a man, and one hand was completely crippled, like this. He couldn't move it, and he says it was withered. Think about that. A hand you've never used in your life, it looked probably like a skeleton, and this hand is gonna be crazy big, because that's the only one you get to use. I'm sure his arm, boy, he pull, 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 pull some iron. Because that's all he ever used. He just used this and all that. And he says that Jesus lay, and the hand was just like the yes. other one. Not just straight, but it filled. Yes. It turned into something that it wasn't. And so when I see in my spirit these young, uh, with, uh, the, these people with Down syndrome, their faces instantly start to transform. I believe it. I believe Why not? Why not believe it? What do we got to lose? Well, I, I'm, I, I, I don't want to be held accountable. Then forget it for you, forget it. I don't really care because I don't want to get to the end of my life and say, you know what? I wish I would have believed it. I wish I would have stepped on that doorframe and knocked on the door and beat that door for miracles, signs, and wonders for this church. I believe it, brother and sister. Have y'all been helped today? I believe that God is doing great things. I believe that everything that Jesus saw and did that we'll see it. My dad said, um, he was telling God, you know, because it looked like, you know, things, or people say in the rapture, and he'll say, if this is the big bang, I'm going to the head office when I get to heaven, because this ain't what you told us it was going to look like. And I agree with that, because we have, right, right, right now, we see it, whether it's Palestine, Jews, uh, uh, women, uh, being whatever, there's such a confusion. But nobody can argue with miracles. No, they, can't. they can't argue with it. I don't know what, what, what Allah's doing, but I know what my God's doing. I don't know what he'd be doing, but I know they can't fight with that. They say, boy, these people are coming out. I'm telling you, it transforms the world. Signs, wonders, and miracles transform the world. The word of God transforms the world. It says that this is life, life, life. life. I declare life in my and in my body, I refuse. I tell, man, I've had stuff going uh, at, at certain times that will go on in my body. And I believe God and nothing changes. But I stand strong and say, you know what? I refuse. I refuse to stand by what I see and what I feel. Because there's times, man, like I said, you could be married and don't feel married. But it doesn't disconnect it. Because I always look back and say, I married my wife 17 years ago. That's important to me. Yeah. I value that thing. Have y'all been helped today? We know that Jesus was in a boat and he's in this boat and a storm comes up and he's, he's going around and the disciples are screaming and hollering and they said, don't you, you know, we're gonna die if you don't do something. He says, calm down. Everything's gonna be all right. And he gets up and demands... He demands that it be changed, demands it. And he says, I'm leaving you this power that you demand these things. He says, you cast out demons. Cancer is an evil spirit. Down syndrome is an evil spirit. You say, well, that's not, I don't know what the, the, the microscope looks like. I don't know, know that, but I know what Jesus said. And there was a boy that said that he would throw himself into the fire, have seizures, throw himself into the water, about drown himself. And the dad was so torn out, he don't know what to do. And Jesus said, do you believe? He said, I believe, but you gotta help my unbelief because this kid is right here throwing a convulsion on the floor. And he said, if you can believe, and he cast that devil out of him. Sickness is an evil spirit. You have to treat it like that. You have to talk to it like a dog. It tries to get inside of you. Yeah. And you have to treat it like a dog. And he says, and then they said, boy, you just killed that kid. He said, I didn't kill that kid. He's alive. And then he came back to life. Dad Hague, I mean, Lester, uh, uh, Smith was worth pulled a man out of a, a coffin, put him on his back, and went down the road. What? <laughs> Come on. Think about this. Come on. He, he had a, a, a time and place where he made a connection with something that he never forgot what God endowed him with. Whether he looked like it or not. And you know, he had hearing problems. He had hearing problems. But he said, I never let that get in my way. I believe. And the man had some of the most mighty miracles uh, that, 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 that the world has ever seen. Have y'all been helped today? Go ahead and stand up. Tony, if you would come. You know, um, it put, put me on camera too. <clears throat> um, anybody that is watching, maybe, obviously you're not here. If you are, you're probably out in the lobby. You can come back inside. <laughs> but <laughs> if, if you're not here today, obviously you're not. And you say, Brother Stephen, will you agree with me that healing flows to my body? I want to pray with you. Let's, let's make this A day that you never forget. That you never forget this day because it was a monumental day in your life that you received your healing. Whether you felt something or not, you go back to that time and bring it before the Lord and declare, I was healed then. So I want you to lay your hands on your neck or your face, whatever it is, and I'm going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I reach out and touch them through the airwaves, through the camera and I call you healed in the name of Jesus. Your head is healed, your face is healed, your ears are healed, your brain is healed, your sinuses are healed, your neck is healed, your back is healed, your arms are healed, your thighs are healed, your stomach is healed, your legs, your knees, arthritis, cancer's gone. Whatever it is, headaches, migraines, I curse it in the name of Jesus to leave your body now in Jesus' name. And you are healed from this day forward in Jesus' name. You declare it, you write this day down, put it on your refrigerator. I was healed on such and such day at this time in Jesus' mighty name. I receive it I declare it, and I'm here. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, there hey, brother Ike was here maybe two or three years ago. And uh, I, I, I was dealing with something, and, and he called something out as he was ministering. And uh, he prayed for me, and uh, I didn't feel nothing. I was still hurting but I bring that before the Lord and I said, when brother I prayed for me, that's when I received my healing. And that was years ago when some of that tried to flare up again. But I remember that place and I said, when brother I, I remember what he was wearing, I remember where I was. I remember how he touched my face. And I don't forget that place because that's when I received. So I encourage you tonight, whether it be Pastor Nancy, different ministers, that you come prepared to say, that's it for me. I don't have to go back up in the line because I was healed. You don't see what happens. Demand what happens. Demand what happens in your life. Demand healing in your life. Demand it to happen. You have authority over sickness. You have authority over the saints. Have y'all been blessed today? Hasn't uh, the sound team done a good job? How about how about the volunteers? They're they gonna do, I mean, praise God for the volunteers. These people, I mean, they here till 12 o'clock at night, y'all, putting toilet paper, cleaning toilets for y'all to enjoy. they doing everything, man. It, it, it's just amazing what they do. And our staff, can can, can we grab our staff? Man, they, they just, something else. That. The, the, these staff, I'll tell you what, they're the best in the world. There's no corporate ladder here. They don't care about none of that. They wanna see people healed, born again, get the word out, that's what they care about. I mean, and uh, how about the ministers? Y'all been blessed by the food. Have y'all been blessed by that? Praise God. I'm sure y'all y'all have uh, developed some good relationships with each other. It made a place for y'all to come and fellowship and get to know each other and make lifelong connections. That's precious, isn't it? We like to do that for y'all because it's just such a precious thing. And um, all the ministers this week have just been uh, just amazing. And uh, what an honor to preach to y'all this morning and preach the Word of God. You're here. You're here. I declare you're here. Declare it in your own life. When you go home, when you're on the airplane and you don't feel like you're healed, you bring up this time and this moment that you've separated, you put aside. I love you guys. Thank you. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrainministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.